Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي مبعد today inshallah we're going to talk about the importance of ashura yesterday was the ashura uh, day of the hijri year 1437 Ashura literally means the tenth day of it's coming from the Arabic word the Ashara, which is means tenth. So it is the tenth day of the Muharram, which is the first month of the Islamic calendar. When we see Ashura and how it is being observed today, so it seems like there is a vast spectrum of behaviors that people observe. On one side, we see people they are celebrating. Ashura, they would put whole, they put hinna in their in their hands. They would actually cook good foods, invite people, have a celebration. On one, on the other hand, they would see people who would actually mourn the day. They would beat themselves up, and in the middle or somewhere, they would see people see that they don't have any significance for this day. You would see that it would become and come and go as any other day in the year. So why do we see such a contrast in behaviors? And what is the right way? What is a sunnah way of celebrating or observing the Ashura? So inshallah, we're going to look at it today. And the, the way I've structured the speech that inshallah, we're going to look at what is Muharram, because that's the, the 10th day of the, the month that we'll be talking about. And what is the significance and what is the Ashura? And What is a sunnah way of observing Ashura and the historical importance of Ashura Day and some of the key lessons that we can draw from the Ashura, inshallah. So let's talk about the Muharram, inshallah, first. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tawbah about the Islamic calendar. In Surah Tawbah, ayah number 36, he says, Inna iddata shuhuri, inna allahi athna ashara, shaharun fi kitab illahi, yawma khalaqa as-samawati wal-arda, minha arba'atun hurum, zalikal deenu al-qayyim, fala tadlimu fihinna anfusakum, wa qatilu al-mushrikina ka'affatin, kama yuqatilunakum ka'affah, wa'alamu anna allaha ma'al muttaqeen. The translation of the meaning 
Wherein the number of months with Allah is 12 months. So it was ordained by Allah on the day when he created the heavens and the earth. Of them, four are sacred. That is the right religion. So wrong not yourselves therein and fight against the mushrikun collectively as they fight against you collectively. But know that Allah is with those who are al-muttaqun. This ayah Mubarakah is telling us many things. Some of the key messages that are related to Ashura, we're going to look at it, inshallah. Now the first is, the number of months in a year is 12. And this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he was creating the heavens and the earth, he actually decided that the year would be composed of 12 months. So this is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second, out of those four, uh, 12 months, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared four months as the sacred. The first one is the Muharram, which is the first month of the calendar. The seventh month, which is Rajab. The eleventh, Zakat, And the twelfth is Al-Hajj. Another key message Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about is saying that in these months, do not wrong yourselves. So what is that means? So we're going to look at that as well. When you look at the Mushrikeen in Mecca, or Mushrikeen in Arab in general, they still had some vestiges of the remnants of the Sharia Ibrahimi that was there by the virtue of Hazrat Ismail being living uh, with them. So they held these uh, months as sacred as well, but they played with it. Like they, they twisted and, and actually uh, did introduce things from their own in other things. What they would do, they would swap the months in and out. Because whenever they need to, to start a fight in the month of uh, the sacred month, or they want to continue fighting in the sacred month because they have been uh, going back and forth with some of the tribes, what they would do, they would actually agree among themselves. They would say, that, okay, we're going to swap this sacred month with some other month and actually have the sacred month later. For example, when they are fighting or about to fight and decide the moon of Muharram, they would declare that this is the, going to be the Safar, which is not a sacred month, and the subsequent month is going to be the Muharram. So they start mixing and playing with the, the sacred months. All to suit their conveniences and experiences. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited these swapping of months in Surah Tawbah. Ayah number 37, I'm going to just talk about the translation here. The postponing of a sixth month is indeed an addition to disbelief. Thereby, the disbelievers are led astray, for they make it lawful one year and forbid it another year, in order to adjust the number of months forbidden by Allah, and make such forbidden ones lawful. The evil of their deeds seems pleasing to them, Allah guides not the people who disbelieve. Surah Tawbah, Ayah number 37. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also warning in the same ayah, Ayah number 36 that we just uh, recited, that we should not wrong ourselves in these months. What does it mean? That we have a license to do wrong things in the rest of the months? No. But this means that doing wrong things or sinning in these months 
is going to be a worse thing for us. The same way if you do good deeds in these months, you're going to get more reward. The same way if somebody does a bad deed in these months, they get more sins. It's worse for them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving is a caution that we should actually hold these months sacred and we should not do any sins in these months. Okay. Now we understand that the Muharram is one of the sacred months. This sacred month of Muharram also has a one blessed day, the Muhar- which is the 10th of the Muharram, also known as Ashura, the 10th. The Arabs, before Islam, they also knew the sanctity, the hormaf of the 10th day, and used to fast on this day. This was also the day that was obligated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and other Muslimin to fast on Ashura before the fasting was obligated for the month of Ramadan. When the Ramadan became fard, fasting the whole month, so fasting on Ashura became a sunnah or nafila act. So if you want to, you, will, uh, you would get lots of rewards, but it's not an obligation. There's a hadith reported by uh, Bukhari that the night, uh, he, he actually uh, says on the authority of Aisha during the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, the Quraysh used to observe fasting on the day of Ashura. And the Prophet himself used to observe fasting on it too. When he came to Medina, he fasted on that day and ordered the Muslimin to fast on it. When the order of Ramadan was revealed, fasting in Ramadan became an obligation and fasting on Ashura was given up as an obligation. And whoever wished to fast on it did so, and whoever did not wish to fast on it did not fast. There's another hadith reported by Bukhari, this is uh, on the authority of Ibn Abbas. He says, I never saw this is a translation, obviously. I never saw the Prophet ﷺ seeking to fast on a day more preferable to him than this day, the day of Ashura, or this month, that is the month of Ramadan. <coughs> and the hadith by, reported by Muslim, hadith number 1982, Abu Hurairah said, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said, the best of fasting after Ramadan is fasting Allah's month of Muharram. Now, if you pay attention, uh, he is talking about Allah's month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the messenger, uh, used the words Allah's month. Sharaullahi. This is to, em- to emphasize the importance of the month of Ramadan, uh, the Muharram. Another uh, hadith reported by uh, Ibn Majah and also Al-Tirmidhi, they actually reporting based uh, on the authority of Abu Qatada, that the Prophet ﷺ, the fast day of Ashura, for indeed I anticipate Allah will forgive the sins of the year before it. Now we're coming to the, the significance of Ashura. If you fast, what kind of a benefit you, you earn? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger is saying that, if we fast the day of Ashura, our past sins for the past year would be erased. So it is really one of the true blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
that he has bestowed on, on our ummah. That fasting on one day would expiate the sins for the, for the, the last year. But we need to understand that these sins are the, the minor sins, sagira, not the kabair, they are the major sins, or the cardinal sins. Because the, the expiation for the cardinal sins or the kabair require that we make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sincere tawbah, and then we stop doing those actions. And any sins that are related to huquq al-ibad, any of the rights of the people that somebody has actually trampled on, this requires seeking forgiveness from the person who has been wronged. Imam, Imam al-Nawawi, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him, he said that it expiates for all minor sins. That is, brings forgiveness for all sins except major sins. Then he said, Fasting the day of Arafah expiates for two years. The day of Ashura expiates for one year. If when a person says Amin, it coincides with the Amin of the angels, he will be forgiven for all of his previous sins. Each one of these things that we have mentioned will bring expiation. If there are minor sins for which expiation is needed, expiation for them will be accepted. If there are no minor sins or major sins, good deeds will be added to the person's account, and he will be raised in the status. If he had committed major sins, but no minor sins, we hope that major sins would be reduced. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, may Allah subhanahu wa have mercy on him, he says, Tahara, Salah, fasting Ramadan on the day of Arafah and Ashura expiates from minor sins only. So he's making uh, making it clear that all these expiation of sins that we talked about over here, they are only for the minor sins only. For the major sins, we have to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is, now let's come at, come at the historical significance of the Ashura. Hazrat Ibn Abbas reports that the Prophet ﷺ arrived in Medina and found the Jews observing the fast on the day of Ashura. They said, it is a day of great significance when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delivered Hazrat Musa and his people and drowned Pharaoh and his people. And Sayyidina Musa observed fast out of gratitude. And we also observed it. The Prophet responded, we have more right and we have more closer connection with Sayyidina Musa than you have. So Allah's Messenger وسلم, observed fast on the day of Ashura and gave us orders to observe it. This has been reported by Sahih Bukhari and Muslim both. Abdullah ibn Abbas, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him, he said, when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, fasted on Ashura and commanded to Muslims to fast as well, they said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, it is a day that is venerated by the Jews and Christians. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, if I live to see the next year, inshallah, we will fast on the ninth day too. But it so happened that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, passed away before the next year came. Reported by a Muslim. <coughs> a Shafi'i and his companions, Ahmad, Ishaq, and others said, It is mustahib 
to fast on both the ninth and the tenth days. Because the Prophet ﷺ fasted on the tenth and intended to do, fa do fasting on the ninth. This, one of the strongest reasons that Allah's Messenger recommended to fast on the ninth is that he wanted to be different from the people of the book. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him, he said the Prophet forbade imitating the people of the book in many ahadiths. For example, his verse concerning Ashura, if I live until the next year, I will certainly fast on the ninth day. There's a hadith of Rasulullah reported by Sunan Nabi Dawood that Abdullah bin Umar said, Prophet said, he who copies any people is one of them. So this shows the importance of having a distinct Muslim identity. This is separate from the identity of others. Another example of such precaution was exercised when method to call believers for the prayers was discussed. One of the methods they discussed was to just ring the bells so the people can come for the prayers. But it was discarded or rejected because this was the method used by the Nasara. And then the Adhan was ad adopted as a method to call the people for the prayers. The Hadith of established that the, the way to observe Ashura is to fast the 9th and 10th together. If one cannot fast 9th, one should fast on 10th and 11th. However, if one can fast only on 10th, inshallah, it will be accepted as well. But that's the least of the, uh, the way you can observe Ashura. Now, let's look at the, the day of Ashura as a reminder of the, the story of the Musa and his struggle against the Pharaoh. Allah subhanahu wa says in the Surah Al-Qasas, ayah number one to six, these are the verses of the book that make things clear. We rehearse to you some of the story of the Musa and Pharaoh, in truth for people who believe. Truly Pharaoh elated himself in the land and broke up its people into sections. Depressing a small section or group among them, their sons he slew, but kept alive their females. For he was indeed a maker of mischief. And we wish to be gracious to those who were being depressed in the land, and to make them leaders and make them heirs, to establish a firm place for them in the land, and to show Pharaoh and Haman and their hosts at their hands the very things which they were taking precautions. Ayah number one through six. Indeed, brothers, the story of Musa is a great story. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related to us in the Quran. He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us how the Pharaoh oppressed the people of Musa and the people of the Bani Israel. How Pharaoh broke the people into sections, into groups. And then depressing and oppressing a small group of people from there, among those people. How Pharaoh killed the newborn sons of the Bani Israel and kept the girls alive and how we rule the people with tyranny and oppression. We all know that Allah Azza wa Jal raised Musa salam to liberate these people from his tyranny and the oppression. For all believed that he was a god, and that he had the power of life and death over the people. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Yunus, ayah number 83, where Aaron was an arrogant tyrant on the earth. Indeed, he was one of the most, one of the Musrifeen, transgressors. Brothers, today we have many modern day pharaohs, many Musrifeen, transgressors, and tyrants on the earth today. Today we see Obama, his America, is one of those modern, modern day pharaohs. We know America thinks that it's the god of this world. How it bombing the people, the Muslims in Iraq, in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sudan, and how it is quite and observing the slaughter of the Muslimin at the hands of the Bashar al-Assad. How he is quite and actually agreeing with the bombing done by the Russia. And how it continues to impose its policies over the Muslim lands. It is surely one of the arrogant tyrants of the world today. The arrogance of these people is apparent. So much so, that one of the Time Magazine's title puts it, America rules. Thank God. Brothers, America is not only the pharaoh in the world. Today, America has many assistants in the world, as Pharaoh had his assistant, like Haman. Today, the rulers in the Muslim world are those assistants, as Pharaohs who cover up the people, who make the sections among the people. Like we have, they have divided the Muslims among so many different states. So we have around the, uh, the, uh, the state of Syria, we have the Jordan, we have Turkey, we have uh, Misr, we have all those different states. We, uh, and they all talk about, they come the first. For example, they would say Jordan first, or they would say Pakistan first, or the Turkey first, or the Bangladesh first. And they don't have a concern for any of the Muslims in the world. That's how they divide the people into sections. Like Firon used to do that, as it was by Allah And then they would take a small section of people and start oppressing them. And tell the others, don't worry about it, it's not you. It's not your turn yet. If it's not your turn, be okay. Let me oppress this section of people. And that's exactly what's going on these days. Today we see that there are many tyrannical agents of Firon. And the side of Batil. The falsehood is clear. We must realize the side of the haq, of the truth, is also clear. It's gaining momentum. People on the side of the truth are carrying the call of liberation from the rules of the men to the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the darkness of the pharaohs of this time to the light of the khilafah. Even, they, even though they are facing all types of persecutions and hardships in pursuing these things. Brothers, Musa salam liberated the, the, uh, the Bani Israel from the Fir'aun. We need to liberate the Muslim Ummah from the operation of capitalism. The method to achieve is taken from the well-known hadith. Bani Israel used to be looked after by the prophets. When one prophet died, <coughs> another one would succeed him. And there would be no more prophets after me. There would be khulafa and they will number many. Pharaoh's end came, even though he believed he had all the power in his hand. And the time will come when the American agents in the Muslim world will drown in the ocean of history 
as a pharaoh and his men were swallowed by the ocean and drowned and forgotten. Musa and all the other prophets, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on them, relied upon none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fulfill their missions. Musa sought help and support from his Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as reported by Allah, uh, Surah Taha, Ayah 25 to 35. Musa said, O oh my Lord, open for me my chest and ease my task for me and loosen the knot from my tongue that they understand my speech and appoint for me a helper for my family, Harun, my brother. Increase my strength with him and let him share my task that we may glorify you much and remember you much. Verily, you are of us ever a well-seer. Surah Taha, Ayah number 25 to 35. Today, in our pursuit of reestablishing the Khilafah, to establish the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to establish the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the earth, to dethrone and to dislodge the Pharaoh of this world and the, the tyrannical systems, we must only rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. He is al-Sami and al-Mujib. Indeed, this is a reminder for the believers. The, the Ashura is a reminder for all of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls the victory and the outcomes. The believers are required to continue in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it may be difficult, or sometimes have insurmountable obstacles that come our way. For example, the Ashura, the, the, when the Bani Israel was marching, led by uh, Musa salam, there came a, a, a moment that they, they were in, facing the sea, and behind them was the marching army of the Pharaoh. So there was seemingly no way out. Some of the people of the Musa salam, thought they would be surely destroyed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the way out. So it, it, it should be a reminder for us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give a victory, it will come against all odds, just like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delivered the people of Musa salam. It is a duty of all Muslims to remain steadfast on the Surat al-Mustaqeem, despite all hardships that comes along following such a path. Let us pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he guides us to his path. Let us remind ourselves about the importance of Muharram and the Ashura. We should remind ourselves that the recommended Sunnah way to observe Ashura is to fast on the day. We must stay away from the extremes of either celebrating or the morning on the Ashura. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.